The world has ended. Everything that remains of humanity's culture is stored here, in this podcast, a time capsule assembled by three white dudes from what was once called the Midwest. This is not everything. This is not most things. But this is it. Welcome to another episode of This Is It, a pop culture podcast for the end of the world. I'm Sam Webb. And I'm Gabe Webb. And I'm Daniel Osborne. And every week on This Is It, we talk about all the uh, the important bits of pop culture that you need to uh, piece together exactly what the heck a Joey Tribbiani is or... Um, <laughs> Perhaps you you need to understand uh, why anybody would play in a fountain. Um, that's useful water. What are they doing over there? Uh, um, what what else? What do we? What else do we do here besides friends references? Um, I think we I think we just like uh, disprove myths of will will smith movies i think that's also a thing we do <laughs> yeah <laughs> we debunk will smith's oeuvre um, <laughs> i think hugs. that's mostly I think that's maybe the first time that will smith's body of work has been described that way <laughs> uh, but uh that's you know that's the things that people are oh my uh, god how did how did we fail to make any smith busters references <laughs> uh, well we uh, didn't. clearly we didn't here we are making the smith busters reference that's we right we're the smith busters <laughs> we were going with that joke the whole time yeah we all it was actually hey future we're gonna let you into a little secret um we have a hours long conversation about exactly how we're gonna start the show and like i came to the table and i said guys i i need to i need to take will smith down a peg uh and gabe just because bright didn't do it enough yeah bright did not do it (laughs) enough and so gabe was like well what about smith busters and then we spent the next three hours planning how we were going to get to the Smithbusters reference. And I was like, I'll pretend like that's not on the top of my tongue. And then you will like come in as if you just came up with it. And uh, here we are. But right. I think Will I think Will Smith is actually a good segue into this week's discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because, so. <laughs> because uh, this week we're going to be talking about doctors and... Specifically, the medical kind of doctor. Yeah. Um, not PhDs. Has Will Smith played a doctor? Uh, well, he. I think he cures vampirism in I Am Legend, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he is a oh, like yeah. medical researcher doctor. Um, in in that one, I think he also is maybe a doctor in Seven Pounds. Yeah, Seven Pounds for Seven Brothers. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the movie where he has to give away his organs to three different wives yeah i totally remember <laughs> wow 
A certain, oh, wow. a certain brand of dork is loving this shit right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk about doctors, it sounds like. It sounds like you're going to yeah. talk about yeah. medical doctors and and how they how they do their thing. What in pop culture has have we learned about medical doctors and how much of it is something that deserves to be smith-busted. Uh, <laughs> exactly how they do their thing. You are going to walk away from this episode being able to do something a doctor can do. <laughs> yeah. That's right, Harvard Med School, listen up. That's right. This is actually a 101 course. We're in the how disruptors. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been a fully vertically integrated med school alternative. Uh, so, so yeah, you will become a doctor while listening to this. Um, <laughs> congratulations, Hashtag Seth future. Godin. Yeah. Un. <laughs> Unversity. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about doctors. <laughs> yeah. Gabe, tell um, us, your dad is a doctor, yes? He is, yes. Um, so you you know the secrets. Yeah, I know everything So do you think that this show medicine. is a show about dads then? Is that how? Uh, my understanding is that not all doctors are dads and not all, and not all dads are doctors. That one's yes. wrong. That, yeah. <laughs> Um, but is there a movie yeah. where a doctor is a dad and is not a good dad? Good but, dad, bad dad. Good dad. <laughs> Classical Smith. <laughs> Kindergarten dad. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know what that movie would be. Just uh, a, he's a dad who has to go, who gets regressed in age and goes to kindergarten with his son <laughs> to learn his lesson that he <laughs> forgot in med school, which is to be nice to one another. Yeah, dude, huh. this is this is at least a fifty million dollar domestic <laughs> grossing movie. <laughs> I don't know what you're. T- uh, yeah, I had the yeah, I had the uh, call Michael Keaton. <laughs> oh, Michael Keaton! <laughs> <laughs> it's Michael Keaton's Polar Express. It's an animated feature where he plays all the important roles. Um, all right. Michael Keaton is himself a doctor. No? no. Oh. Okay. Sorry, I'll stop doing whatever it is that I'm doing and ruining the show. He's got a doctor thing. Um, well, okay. So I want to start out with maybe a doctor, a doctor media-based premise. And I think I Am Legend actually kind of while I wasn't really prepared to talk about it specifically, does a decent job of illustrating it. Doctors are basically magic, mm. according to oh. according to pop culture. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, uh, I Am Legend, for instance, Will Smith has not only the time to research some kind of cure for this uh, blood-borne illness by himself. <laughs> and like, he has a dog. And, like, a basement. Um or wherever he is in abandoned Manhattan. Um, so not only does he have the time to do that, but he also has the time to stay in great shape to like make his rounds to fend off vampire humans. Yeah, I don't know what they actually ever were. I think Frankenberry. Frankenberry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Rough definitions of Frankenberry. <laughs> um, the gritty reboot yeah. of Frankenberry. <laughs> So, like, he still has time to do all of this and, like, finds a cure. Yeah. So, like, how? And by himself, like, so medical, re- medical research takes place in laboratories with, like, dozens of researchers sharing information across the world. 
But this guy just like dozens. Look at Mister Infinite Budget. He can afford dozens <laughs> of researchers. <laughs> like Doctor Will Smith just like cobbles together the blood serum for yes. whatever. Um, and so okay, uh, I love I love this premise um, of kind of, and, and I think it is definitely illustrated most in the adventure doctor that you're describing that is kind of uh-huh. this like bizarre macgyver um and i want to take your doctors are magic a step further <laughs> and i want doctors to say, have transcended time and space yeah i want i want to say that i think that doctors are the closest thing to like i just I, what i want to say is that we've we were talking about doctors too close to when we talked about dragons because doctors are in many ways the same as like dragons in that mythical <laughs> sense of whatever you think they do, they do. Yeah. Like they can be this by the book character who's just sort of like doing their thing or they can literally be a god who who like imparts magic onto the the people around them. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're evil. Uh sometimes their their choices make sense, sometimes they don't. Um, but we have to trust them because they are bigger and scarier and more powerful than us. Um, <laughs> so doctors are dragons, magical, mythical creatures. <laughs> um, so I, I completely agree. Um, and I want to, I want to talk about a particular doctor that's close to my heart. I want to talk about, and I'm going to use his full fan given name, super doctor astronaut, Peter Corbeau. Um, and I think one of the, the mediums that most abuses the doctors are magic is comics and comic book movies. Is like, if you have doctor appended to your name, no one really checks your references because yeah. you can just do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so Peter Corbeau is actually a physician and then he goes on to uh, uh, like help wrangle the Hulk and mm. um, create like a spacefaring ship and like fleet called the Star Corps. Um it he's able to do everything and I wish I had the time to really delve into all of his craziness. <laughs> um but that's what X Men podcasts are out there for. But that's right. it's 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 nonstop. So I I agree with Will Smith and everything else and just I I'm very happy that we're talking about how perfect doctors are because I'm going to spend the rest of the show tearing them down. Um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it feels like we're very much on the same page that that they are that they are this crazy representation of a thing that uh, is probably still predominantly positive, but has its weird uh, yeah. issues. I feel like. To, to kind of land us on solid ground, um, let's talk about just the show with the most Doctor stereotypes living on top of each other, literally and figuratively, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like it is kind of, if, if Doctors are these mythical creatures, Grey's Anatomy is some sort of mythical zoo. Um, <laughs> because they really do, they like run the gamut from the like hotshot, doctors and roof falling doctors and it's because that's where they all hang out um and it's the only time that they get to to like kiss people and save lives and like be sexy 
Um, and it's at the hospital, you know? Uh, Kissing people, saving lives. That's the doctor's creed. (laughs) First do all kisses. First do one smooch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Grey's Anatomy is... (laughs) Have you guys watched much Grey's Anatomy? Yes. Okay. I have not watched very much of the show. I watched a whole season of the show in high school before I realized it was a soap opera and then Rage quit. Yeah. (laughs) I I would say that... Took me a whole season... I'm not a smart man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think it really, it did, like, it started like its more quote-unquote grounded predecessor that still got way off the rails. Uh, It started a lot like ER feeling, like, with just, like, more heart and less, like, just hardcore, like, realism in in surgical scenarios. Not that there was a ton of that on ER either, but, uh, but I feel like they just... They leaned so hard into the, like, Vampire Diaries-esque ER, uh, where they're just like, yeah, they're technically doctors, but they're mostly just cute, horny people. <laughs> Isn't because I've maybe seen three episodes of the show in my entire life. Are, are there multiple characters whose names begin with Mick and end with, like, syn- synonyms for, like, they sexy... Are... They are, none of them are actually named that, but they are nicknamed that. Yeah. If that makes you feel better, like, oh, I mean, you uh, at that, but it would be much worse (laughs) if Patrick Dempsey's birth name was (laughs) Jeremiah McDreamy. That would be much, would be a much worse thing. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't know that, like, we hear them called that a tremendous amount actually, like, in the script of the show, but it's certainly like it's all over the advertising for the show. And to the extent that it is essentially the marketers at ABC trying to give you a shorthand for like why people like Grey's Anatomy. It's like, Oh, it's because of McDreamy and McSteamy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't necessarily like that. People say it every once in a while, but it's, I don't think it's like, because I've seen, like, three seasons of the show, and I do not remember many occasions of them actually, like, uh, paging Dr. McDreamy, you've got to save his life! Like, there's, there's at least a little awareness of context where that, those and Usually the, the PA announcers in the hospitals are a little bit more professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tad. Yeah, because I, 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 Sam's totally right. It's, like, it's Seattle Grace Hospital, which is apparently awesome i mean it's all fictional i don't know but they say a lot about how great it is and like what a big deal it is doctors talking about how great they are what well and how great the program is (laughs) and like how like what a big deal it will be because they're all surgeons to become like chief of surgery Uh how everyone is talking about who's going to be the next chief of surgery and everyone's like i'm going to be the next chief of surgery and (laughs) you can't be the next chief of surgery you're too sexy or you're a woman or you literally blew up a man Um, (laughs) (laughs) a man explodes wait that happens (laughs) yeah a man, man explodes. Yeah, because um, of yeah. something a doctor did. I think they failed to defuse the bomb inside. <laughs> yeah, what? At, at the very least, no! something a doctor didn't do. <laughs> so, see, the doctor, per TV logic, should have been able to defuse the bomb with the scalpel, but they failed. That's right. And that guy was engaged to one of the doctors, which has to be a breach of 
ethical conduct somewhere. Um, yeah, absolutely. They, like had sex while she while he she had sex with him while he was a patient. Uh, um, uh... um. But anyway, so that's fun. Um. But yeah, the main takeaway from Grey's Anatomy is that uh, whenever you're not seeing your doctor, they are boning or trying very hard to bone. That's right. Or trying very, very much to, like, diffuse a potentially dramatic boning-related situation. <laughs> like, they're just, right. like... <laughs> yeah, they're they're dealing with the, the next day consequences of said boning. <laughs> yeah, like, they are... Like, really, healing people is just a byproduct of how hyper dramatic every aspect of their life is um and and they just happen to it makes them better doctors because of all of the the like steamy misadventures they're having yeah they learn life lessons which they i I think apply to the surgery room right right uh although like whenever i think about Grey's anatomy or which is um, often (laughs) <laughs> i often yeah or like we can extrapolate like, it out uh, to like uh set in hospital ensemble shows how's that uh-huh. yeah okay because i feel like Grey's anatomy um, and er and even scrubs all have like a lot of the same like core storylines yeah and even like house is similar ish and at least in what i keep saying all the shows that i was going to mention later in this show oh no here <laughs> or even like yeah it's it's similar in in what i think i'm getting at which is uh i i wondered why uh we tend to why we tend to do this to doctors more so than like other professions um because no one has like uh because like the uh i don't know to take a really normal job situation like the office which is very uh unsexy in its television iteration as are most other like no Almost no sitcoms involve like where the person works. Um, mm, yeah. Even 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 like Breaking Bad, where it was a major part of the plot that Walter White was a teacher. <laughs> like he's never we see him at school like one time ever. Uh, and I think it's because like such a small my my working theory is that because such a small portion of the population are doctors to begin with, like it's really easy for us to project these really wild fantasies onto them, especially since we also don't really understand what they do. Like I have, I could not medically provide for myself, but I could probably like, I don't know, do some HR if I had yeah, to file some paperwork. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Call a supplier. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think, I think it's something else. I, I really like what Gabe touched on. Um, another thing that goes into us as Gabe put it, doing this to doctors, which I think might be a little bit dramatic, um, that we're glorifying them on television and saying that we're doing this to them. Um, How dare we? Is, some, is something that we don't notice. Like, when you when you look at, um, at what... I, I don't know about you guys. Most of what I came prepared with today is TV shows because there are so many TV shows about doctors. Mm-hmm. Doctors, police firemen like these are the shows that uh that networks love to trot out because they're easy to sell they're easy to like you know relate to it's the next this it's the next that um you know it's Grey's anatomy it's the next er whatever um 
I think it really touches on so my sister-in-law isn't uh isn't a doctor she's a nurse but she works in a hospital and she would not say this um because she's not callous like I am (laughs) when she tells stories about her job I get this intense sense of so it doesn't matter because then like even if you fix somebody there's another person who needs fixing that takes that bed immediately and that's exactly what these doctor shows do it's like a sick person of the week yeah like the existential dread of doctoring i don't think is something that the shows really touch on enough but from a meta perspective as a viewer it definitely sinks in like oh no like it's this doesn't end, does it? Like I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to wake up and there's going to be someone else I have to dig a bomb out of. Mm. Um, and it, like now, <laughs> One when more I, bomb. Now, now when I think about Grey's Anatomy, I, I feel this sense of dread and sadness. And of course they're going around humping each other. You'd have to. Yeah. Um, uh, literally the only way to deal with the, the crushing ennui of the, the decay of the human body. Oh, Oh. No, I'm sad. <laughs> oh, now you're sad? This is now the moment when when you become sad after talking about existential dread. Uh It's not sad when I say it. No, yeah, that's <laughs> And that's what each one of that's, these television executives says. That's uh, just a blanket that's also just a blanket truth for life. Dan and I can deliver exactly the same news to the same person using the same words, and it's not sad when he does it. <laughs> Have you ever looked down? You've got no feet. Whoa. You've won the you've won the lottery. Oh no. Taxes. <laughs> oh, man. The, the crushing weight of your family relationships being ruined by money. <laughs> okay. So I want to go ahead and say one since it was already mentioned. Um another on We of the Week hospital set show is House. Um and like I said. Uh, I was going to uh, on TV. Doctors are amazing in real life. Doctors are people. They're uh-huh. just human beings, but a cult, uh, a, a mix of messianic complex plus a culture that leads everyone to think that doctors are amazing. Uh, I think produces in people in some certain doctors, not all doctors, but certain doctors. Hashtag not all doctors. Of, <laughs> hashtag not all doctors. A sense of just being amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's where House comes in. Because House is a genius, but he's not one quarter as smart as he thinks he is. Like, he's he's just this asshole and he treats everyone like dirt and he's always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And that's why no one can tell him shit about his pill addiction. And I'm using house as a stand in to talk about, um, I do a lot of letter writing to my representatives and one of my representatives is a doctor and he is the junior Senator from the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And when he writes me back, he always signs it. Rand Paul, MD, and I just want to scribble a big middle finger on it and send it back to him because I don't care. I don't care that you're a doctor. This rant was not as funny as I thought it'd be. Anyway, we'll go back to this show. No, I'm with it. I I, I respect the, like, I think what you're you're saying is, is very, very valid in the conversation we're having because it, it is just a job. It is a job that takes 
a lot of work and an effort to get to, but like a lot of jobs take a lot of work. They just don't always take quite as much work that has to be validated so aggressively. And so like, just because someone is good at a job that takes a lot of effort and a lot of measurement to calculate, like you're successful at it because the stakes are high, like doesn't make you like automatically a good or even a like broad spectrum smart person. Like you can be a shitty person and a great doctor and you can be a shitty doctor and a great person because like, it's just a fucking job. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean that you say have good choice in office furniture either. Yeah. Um, being, being smart enough to pass your boards doesn't mean that you're right forever about mm-hmm. every, everything. But we've been accultured to super doctor astronaut Peter Corbeau that like, yes, doctor, will you please advise us on NASA policy? Why? Like, I mean, maybe he's a super great amateur astronaut, but the md does not tell us that yeah like if if anything doctors have spent so much of their lives proving themselves that you'd think they would be the people who would be the most interested in like being scientific about where their expertise is but i feel like there does breed in certain in certain people no matter what their profession is a a hubris that like being good at one thing makes them like master of the universe uh and like thankfully most doctors are not that way but they do make for more interesting tv characters and so in that way like we do accidentally reinforce and really do this to doctors <laughs> yeah <laughs> look upon yourself and realize you did this <laughs> you, you convinced them they could do anything and now we have rand yeah. paul uh, uh, uh. Yeah, you did this to Rand. <laughs> Say you're sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. Um, But that actually... Uh, I do kind of want to bring up one last... Before we get fully away from the hospital ensemble show, uh, <clears throat> I do want to mention uh, a very specific hospital that uh, I think actually is both lighter and darker than the stuff we've talked about thus far and that is mash um oh, oh okay guys, yeah have you guys watched mash much <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm familiar with the show i haven't i, I have mashed mm-hmm. that is that's the thing i've done and i yeah i i would kind of describe my <laughs> uh yeah i would describe my viewing history with mash as a little mushy um <laughs> uh, no but i i do feel like i I've never sat down and just been like, I'm going to start watching MASH from the beginning. And I don't know that, like, I've ever been conscious of where in the history of MASH a given episode is. Oh, no, it does not matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, Like, it's so episodic that, I mean, for one thing, it lasted longer than the Vietnam War. (laughs) Or the, sorry, the Korean War, excuse me. Uh, Yeah, and that is, so, like... As a, as a way of talking about it, um, MASH is one of the most successful television shows of all time. Uh, it had, I believe, 11 seasons uh, and was a sitcom taking place in a mobile area surgical hospital or something. So I can't remember what MASH actually stands for, um, but it uh, <clears throat> it's basically these surgeons who are working in the Korean War 
seeing the most horrible, horrible things, but not actually in the like in on the front lines. They're a because uh, uh, they're but they're clo- have to be close enough to actually deal with people when they get injured and stuff. So there is a lot of like gallows style humor, but a lot of like romp as well. Like it's a very like of its era, like almost kind of like still feels very I love Lucy esque at times, and yet is also <laughs> about like one of the deepest and darkest periods of American history, uh, and just human history in certain respects. And uh Right, and deep deepest and darkness like relating also back to they use the Korean War to comment on the Vietnam War. Yes. So they really get get two two wars in with, with one stone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that's a great way to put it, because um, they they really they manage to sneak a lot of commentary past you while Alan Alda is like being a goofy alcoholic who's an excellent surgeon and a and a like an asshole in all the fun ways and a heart of gold in all the important ways, uh, and that just like it makes it so that when he addresses that the war is shitty and it fucks people up uh that people just go ha he's right and then don't realize <laughs> until later um uh, but yeah mash mash is a is a is a quality show that i think is on netflix and is definitely one that you can just pick a random episode and be fine yeah i think if you actually just turn on like tv land if that's still a network mm-hmm. at any given time you will find an episode of mash Oh man, we should start playing with Gabe a game. Is that still a network? <laughs> <laughs> you guys could tell Sp- yeah. Spike TV. Uh, gone. I think that is true. I should have really asked something <laughs> I knew about. Uh, ABC Family. Uh, Disney Channel Family, or did no. it go the other way? Other way. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it went. ABC Family is now Freeform for those of you yeah. playing at home. <laughs> <laughs> which it, it's made to sound more like what it actually shows which is not family shows but sexy vampire shows for tweens yeah i don't know that sounds like family entertainment to me this is this is a less fun game than i thought <laughs> um, quick uh, more networks go under quick stat <laughs> uh let's get back to doctor stat cc's of doctor commentary stat sorry i'm just clear uh, clear <laughs> Yeah, I'm just throwing enough vocabulary of doctor shows. Uh, I'm just trying to WebMD you guys, trick you into thinking I know something. That's how he does it. Um, (laughs) But should we, now that you mentioned it, though, should we put WebMD? Can we put a website into this time capsule? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because Because I feel like WebMD has just occupied this unusual place in the public consciousness of like yeah we all know like it's just a giant in joke that if you go to webmd with any of your symptoms you will one be told you have some kind of fatal illness uh but two we all still do it anyway because i don't know the internet has convinced us now that we're doctors (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, it's the webmd Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's where you go to get your webmd yeah Soon, Legal Zoom's going to come out with the Web JD. It's gonna, it's all going to be great. Um, but yeah, no, WebMD is ostensibly a, a place, like Gabe said, where you type in your symptoms and you're supposed to get a diagnosis. But the problem is, 
one, it can't see you. It can't actually. It's relying. <laughs> okay. It's such, it's such a beautifully basic starting point. <laughs> it, it can't see you. But also, like, that's the first problem. I think it's a good. No, first it's a problem. very. It's a very. Yeah, good it's a, okay. Problem. It's yeah. It's it's, it's an appropriate on your one. Dumb dumb description of your own dumb dumb body, and um. Oh, there's and, an achy part of my back meat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When you type in achy back meat, it'll <laughs> it'll work. Like it'll find stuff, but it's not going to be specific because it would be um like malpractice for mm-hmm. it, it surely is illegal for it to give like actual medical advice oh yeah so it can't be specific it's gotta All be it yeah do... like wikipedia level of just like broad we we think this is mostly true it's basically going to serve you a menu mm-hmm. you've come in telling it your your tastes in a very oblique sort of sense yeah and it's going to give you a menu back and it's like everything from you slept funny to you were hit by a rock <laughs> out of a cannon. Yeah. That's why your back meat aches. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like they're blunt just. Blunt force trauma. They're bottling up confirmation bias into a, a nice yeah. little benign dose is really what it comes down to. Because what they, what they are giving you is more than anything just the ability to convince yourself that you're not in control but that like oh well it's probably that really unnecessary thing like or that Mm -hmm. like that really chill thing or you think like oh no i've really got cancer but then you're like the internet doesn't know i have cancer (laughs) (laughs) it just like scares you it's like it's like you're standing on the edge of a cliff and it just like pokes you like ah and then and then just pulls you back yeah if you're predisposed like to anxiety or being a hypochondriac it's going to why are you even bothering just go to your doctor anyway Mm -hmm. um because you're just wasting your time on webmd and creating worry or if you're predisposed to saying it's not a real big thing it's going to give you a not real big thing answer and then you might be ignoring appendicitis yeah like oh my gut hurts like a lot and it hurts when i jump it's (laughs) probably just chipotle it hurts Um, when i jump It's like a thing. No, it is. I don't I'm know. Just, I'm no, not a I, I, I just, I'm, I'm laughing because I know it's a thing, and I just love the idea that there's a button on WebMD somewhere that says <laughs> jumping pains, uh, just like a subcategory of their database for just like, all right, when these idiots play basketball and then get nervous, this is where, this is where we send them. Uh, yeah, this is jumping pains, comma abdominal, not <laughs> jumping pains, comma shoulder. Yeah. Uh, That's definitely gout. That's oh, that's <laughs> we all have gout. Um, that's yeah, for the future. It's, it's Meryl Streep at the end of that movie, crying and saying, "I have so much gout, <laughs> so much gout, <laughs> so much gout, so so much." Um, um, I did actually just look up achy back meat on WebMD, by the way. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Number one guess is muscle strain, but it also includes. Uh, uh, bone infections. Oh, what? That's a thing. Oh no! Oh no! Tick, tick bite is actually like pretty high up on the list. I feel like every third thing I look up tells me you're definitely like covered in tick bites. Like Lyme disease is in you somewhere. We know it. Uh, that's like every time I WebMD any like my head kind of hurts and I feel dizzy. Uh, 
It's like, oh, well, you're yeah, you've got you've got Lyme disease. It's like, no, I just I just spun around. <laughs> Acute kidney failure is actually the second thing they oh say. <laughs> I guess yeah, they're doing us the favor of not downplaying the desperatest of possibilities. Um, and you've got uh, like the mildest and a really <laughs> severe one, like a one-two punch, right? Like yeah, yeah, fifty-fifty. It's either yeah. just muscle strain or your kidneys are failing, uh, <laughs> which I think is probably just their way of shorthanding. You should talk to a doctor. Yeah, like don't ask us this question. <laughs> also, you're only look... the third person to type in meat into this service, <laughs> and the other two have died. <laughs> well one died one got a very helpful recipe uh uh all right that that, yeah webmd perfect perfect contribution to the time capsule um what are what are some more oh i found meat recipes on webmd (laughs) beef bourguignon why is this on here (laughs) Oh. oh god um um yeah no it's it's super great i'm really glad you mentioned that game yeah thank you for for mentioning it for for putting getting it in the time capsule yeah, proper. getting it in the time capsule because sam mentioned it want to pass around the, the <laughs> guilt equally um so uh what what are are there any like significant doctors outside of hospitals like stereotypes like because i feel like we've talked about the hospital doctor and like the surgeon and whatever and like even movies where like a practicing doctor in a hospital has stuff going on primarily outside of a hospital that's it's kind of one thing like but where like the are there any other stereotypes that we need to delve into adventure doctor i think part of me wants wants to be a a tool and mention private practice (laughs) which is just a spinoff of gray's anatomy which continues the exact same thing about gray's anatomy but in a private doctor's office Mm -hmm. um but i I actually do think there's maybe one uh whole like lobe of uh television doctors in particular that uh, we are leaving out and that is the uh, fake doctor as real doctor on talk show oh. genre. Listen like your like consensus, <laughs> <laughs> like doctor, like Doctor Oz and uh-huh. uh, the doctors is now a panel doctor show. The doctors, I'm told, is now a panel doctor show. <laughs> oh man, Gabe, your fly is down. <laughs> False. No. Oh. But you were just told that. Um, but yeah oh, sorry i don't want to step gabe you do you do your thing i want to i want to hear what you have to say uh no i i don't have a whole lot to offer on this front other than it does definitely continue in the the vein of doctors are magical all-knowing beings um if only because like you watch and you watch dr oz and who is i think maybe a medical doctor in real life he is he is actually i okay. like really accomplished like brain surgeon he is a very very serious and respected doctor as a doctor which makes what he does on television unforgivable yeah right because he's i mean he is he's just been like panned in recent years for pushing all kinds of like basically snake oil level treatments Mm -hmm. uh and like 
dietary supplements and weird fad diets and unproven uh like not i mean not necessarily like uh uh like alternative medicine yeah uh yeah, and the most nice like story. precise terms but go ahead dan i'll put a real nice fine point on this we were joking about how in pop culture we think of doctors as magical but at the end of the day a doc like the medical community is something that should be grounded in science and study and research and doctors should not use the word magic uh dr oz does it all the goddamn time selling his stupid supplements to the point that he got called in front of like a house or senate uh committee to testify why on earth a doctor would be selling supplements that were magical weight loss pills oh. um and like he gave some bs like well you know People know it's not actually magic. I don't know. Do they? You're Dr. Oz, and people really love and trust you. And when you say that it's, like, magic, they're going to believe you. Um, and to a degree, like, on on the one hand, he is correct in that people shouldn't necessarily necessarily believe everything they – or follow medical advice they receive on television. They should talk to their own doctors. But on the other hand, like, to get back to the doctors are magic point – um, at least like maybe the underlying premise that is grounded in reality of that is that we don't understand what doctors do because not everyone has the time to be a doctor. Yeah. Um, so like if my doctor told me something about like some condition I had, uh, I would, I, unless it just like defied all reason, I would probably take it fairly seriously. So like, it stands to reason that this guy who is also a medical doctor, like saying these things on television should be taken seriously. So like, yeah, these claims that like, they're just talk show hosts at that point, like when they're in front of the camera, those seem like very laughable almost if they weren't also maybe a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, to just sort of weigh in on this, shitty doctors on the TV uh, trickery. <clears throat> I do feel like if WebMD is kind of the chaotic good of the medical field, like not actually <laughs> able to be helpful, but like not trying to hurt you. Uh, Dr. Oz is more on the chaotic evil side of the spectrum or no, chaotic neutral into chaotic evil where he's, he's definitely not like actually literally like, throwing poison at you like in person but like he's basically figured out a way to do that through the television in ways that like will keep you alive enough to spend money on his bullshit uh and so yeah like uh webmd above tv doctors uh in terms of its mission uh yeah there was a study recently done um from out of Georgetown University that found that 80% of the recommendations on the panel show, The Doctors, and 78% of those on The Dr. Oz Show had no backing from evidence-based medical guidelines, society recommendations, or authority statements. Whew. Yay. Jeez. 80%. Ugh. And Turkish Airlines hired this guy to be their spokes Turkish guy. But... <laughs> Jeez. Wow! Yeah, they they should have just the hired world. a they should have just hired a plate of Turkish delight. 
Yeah. Edmund. <laughs> Edmund. <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's doctors. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think yeah. that's they're magical unless they're selling you snake oil. Yeah. And they're great at kissing and they might be assholes. <laughs> yeah, they don't be don't assume every doctor is a super doctor astronaut Pete Colbo- Corbert or whatever you said. I, I who is the name of the super doctor Peter astronaut? Peter Corbo. Peter Corbo. I heard you write and made a guess at how to spell it and uh it confused me when I looked back at it. Uh Peter Corbo. R.I.P. <laughs> I don't know if he's dead in continuity. Oh, okay. Uh Well, uh I feel like we uh, we are set on on the doctor front. We've really given the future a lot of helpful hints on how to bandage up those uh, those various wounds. Um, Sam, are you are you saying we've drawn a border around the doctors? <laughs> I think hey. I think we're just offering solid medical advice. <laughs> yeah, like if they have to rediscover medicine, they should start with Grey's Anatomy season one. <laughs> That's right. This is the only podcast providing board certified pop culture for uh, all your all your early level medical training and uh, and emergency medical care. Let's see. So just open this yeah, podcast pop. and shake it at the the wounded. I think we can start this and we can certify pop culture. Yes. All right. Well, I'll I'll mark this in the timeline to where we don't tell let the this is the part that oh future sorry this part's going out of the <laughs> show and uh one million dollar idea <laughs> edit out later yep uh cool well uh let's talk about the things that make us happy that aren't doctors uh i can go first sweet yay um yeah, so this week I have been on a, uh, I, I, I feel like one of the last things I brought was uh, an 80s throwback with the return of David Byrne uh, and his new album, but this week I've moved on to the 90s solidly, uh, because in the, last couple, in the last couple weeks there have been uh, new albums from both The Breeders and Super Chunk, who... Uh, are I think staples of the like '90s alternative scene and often spoken of in very like breathless '90s lore. Almost that entire sentence was gross. We just like, <laughs> strung it all together. <laughs> like I know it's not your fault. You didn't name those bands, but like breathless breeders and super chunk. Like I feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I regret saying that sentence, but not the sentiment um, because you should. You should. Uh, I don't know. These are just like very uh, maybe like a matured, slightly matured versions of their '90s iterations. Um, you know, the breeders being quasi a product of the Pixies, like a spinoff, if you will. Um, and Super Chunk in the vein of a lot of other like your Dinosaur Juniors and your other sort of like lo-fi mumbly. Uh, uh, garage rock kinds of things, um, but there it's—I don't know—it's—it's it's in a way refreshing to like have these long gaps without these bands where they just kind of like grow up and then they do this thing. 
um, not that they were not in like the grow up guys sense, yeah. but in the, like, um, but I don't know. So like that's been those have been in heavy rotation this week, and I've been into it. And the nineties are alive. I'm not nostalgic for them. Just to be clear, <laughs> this is this is not some kind of millennial nineties nostalgia. Go back to watching your Fuller House. Yeah. Uh, my house is so empty. <laughs> oh. yeah. Gabe, you said sad thing again. <laughs> oh. Gabe, no, this happy part, this joy division. <laughs> but someone else can take it away now. <laughs> okay. Um, so I want to talk about a... Uh, uh, it, it, this is a musical artist that I am like... I text both of you about... Uh, him already because I I was really nervous about mentioning this person in at, at the risk of like it being a thing that I was like really late to the party on um, and that is the uh, he's the musician Anderson Pock uh, P-A-A-K is how you spell Pock there is it's actually Anderson period Anderson space period Pock uh, as a interview i saw with him he talks about how uh the the reason for the period is because people ignored him for so long that now you've got to pay attention um and i think that it helps when you search his name if you put in that period uh this guy is like if kendrick lamar was in charge of the alabama shakes like i like that like he he is himself like a really excellent he's he's got a really good flow he's a good like actual hip hop artist, but then he is a also a drummer and can perform a lot of his beats and uh, numbers live uh, about like while playing with a full band, which is like just like it's it's such a fun fusion. Um, and his new his album from twenty sixteen uh, called Malibu has a couple really good songs like Come Down, and then the previous I definitely recommend checking out his uh, his Tiny Desk concert. Um, <clears throat> the reason I was nervous about like being late to this party is that he is the musical contributor to the new Apple HomePod commercial, the like four minute one that uh, Spike Jones directed, and uh, it's like just the woman in her apartment that's like slowly stretching and it's really trippy. He did the music for that, and it's great, and it's a new song. Um, and so I got nervous that he was like it was a bubble that was about to burst and that I was going to be lame for having even mentioned him, but no, he's got a really solid back catalog and I've been destroying it. Like I've just been like, it's been all I've been listening to for the last <laughs> couple weeks. So, uh, Anderson Pac, just full stop, but also specifically if you want to get into it, find his, uh, tiny desk concert, um, under his name, I think with a backup band that I can't remember the name of. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, you 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 are not the latest to the party uh, on this podcast because I have never heard this person's uh, music. So, um, so that 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 works great. Um, I want to talk about a stand-up set. Um, HBO has made a special with a comedian named Michelle Wolf, and I think that it's delightful. Um, she is a former writer for uh, Seth Meyers and I think maybe did a stint with SNL. Um, these stand-ups, these specials called Nice Lady. 
she talks a lot about uh not all at once but spread out about like you know the the stereotypes of nice ladies and ladies being nice but it ends up just being delightful and she makes fun of her own uh voice which can which would get a little grating had she not gotten out in front of it uh and she has this super endearing way of laughing at her own jokes um that just like it's it's magical she's just a, an incredibly charismatic performer and i love it uh nice lady on hbo wherever you get your hbo yeah michelle wolf is one of my favorite uh one of my favorite current correspondents on the daily show um, i didn't know she was on the daily show uh not i mean not super regularly but she appears every once in a while for sure um and yeah i think she uh, i mean i think being a fairly young cast right now they definitely have some edges to sand off in terms of like delivery and finding their individual voices but i think she has uh one of the more like uh like pronounced perspectives right now so yeah she's definitely on my radar as as a pretty cool lady not a nice lady uh oh she variety is reporting she just landed herself her own uh netflix late night series sweet super cool so we are we see we are seemingly all not quite late to parties yeah i i'm excited about that that's cool that that brings me joy so that's actually i'm changing mine to just the the joy division of this episode of this is it as my joy division um Uh, no, save it for next week. Oh no! Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think is that is that everything? Are we good to seal this time capsule up? I feel I good. So. Excellent. Let's do it. Stop. <laughs> 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 <laughs>